Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour. Uh, thanks again for joining us for this episode. Uh, I just want to remind you right out of the gate, if you like this podcast, please like it, subscribe to it, and share it with your friends. We appreciate all the support. Um, we put a lot of work into this, and uh, we are really, really happy with the response that we've been getting from everybody. So thank you. Thank you for being on this journey with us. I am excited about today's episode. I'm always excited because I just absolutely love chatting with people. And, um, <laughs> you know, th there are two people in, in um, popular culture that have made a, a huge impact on, um, on all of us. And uh, one of them, of course, is Slash from Guns N' Roses. Everybody knows that guy's name. Everybody knows his work. But there's another guy who's made a huge impact on popular culture, and you might not know his name, but you might know his work. And his name is Ron English. Ron and Slash have collaborated um, many times in their careers, and we managed to get both of them on today's Rockman Power Hour. I am extremely excited to have both of them on this uh, episode. It's something that's never been done before for as, you know, as far as I know. And I think people will be extremely excited uh, to hear both of these guys' stories and how they intertwined. And it's pretty, pretty rad. Ryan, my co-host, you know a little bit about um, both of these subjects, being a fan of Guns N' Roses and also knowing Ron English personally, because we've spent some time with him at his house. I knew Ron the dude before I knew Ron the art, to be honest. Like, uh, we were on our uh, uh, Rockman and Ryan's excellent adventure in New Jersey and New York State. And, uh, yeah. you know, you're like, let's go to Ron English's house. I'm like, cool. Who's yeah. That? <laughs> and uh you know like getting in his house and seeing this museum of amazingness of, and of, of these understanding <laughs> i'm kind of i'm kind of glad i wasn't a fan before because you know i didn't have a chance to uh you know go all chris farley show and ruin it so yeah <laughs> you know i i know i know exactly what you mean i know yeah i mean when, when you go into ron's living room um and uh let's show that picture of me in ron's living room with him uh check that out isn't that rad i mean he is surrounded by stuff um that he's created and uh you know you look at my background now ryan and it's not quite as impressive but <laughs> it's still a lot of smiles in that room there is and the thing that ron's known for uh two things he's well he's known for his comment on popular culture as you can see with um with this dude here <laughs> that's what happens when you eat too much mcdonald's and yeah, um, it like me last march Ron's not afraid to comment and to, and to show that. And, uh, he, you know, a lot of people got to know his work through the supersize me documentary that uh, Martin Sporlock did. So, um, that that's one of the ways that he's touched on popular culture. He's also known for doing grins, which, um, are the grins behind, um, some popular culture faces like this one. Uh, this is a police grin. There's also the Charlie Brown grin. Um, and I just love, Good Lord. Lo I know, right? <laughs> oh, uh, for the audio podcast version that isn't actually seeing this, may I just say, uh, if you want to look up Ron English's art, it's all over the internet, of course, yeah. and uh, make sure you check that out. So you, uh, the, have the visual equivalent, but if you're listening in the podcast form, make sure you, uh, subscribe to the YouTube page as well. So you get, uh, you know, the best of both worlds. So we're going to explain to you uh, after how Ron and Slash um, have kind of intertwined over the years with their work. But before we get to Ron, um, let's go directly to this gentleman who has known um, throughout the world as being one of the raddest guitar players. He's also a huge, huge um, horror genre movie nerd. Uh, he's got a lot and of toys dinosaur. behind him. 
it loves, loves dinosaurs, dinosaurs too. You're right. He <laughs> loves dinosaurs and we'll see that too. Um, so yeah, without any further ado, he's got a brand new album coming out February 11th called Four, ladies and gentlemen, Slash. Hey man. Hey. How are you? Oh, I have that t-shirt. You do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> That's very cool. I, uh, I'm, uh, very, very good friends with the studio house guys. Oh, okay, cool. You have a lot of nerdy shit behind you too. That's really, really cool. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to bring this up really quickly. I know you know what this is. Yeah, that's great though. So you and I collaborated together. Did you know that? No, I sang, I sang on the NFT that you did for riff. Oh, no shit. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking way. Yeah. Ron, Ron's a good buddy of mine and uh, he messaged me he's like can you sing on something I'm like of course whatever you need same, so same way he did me hey can you play guitar on something yeah it's like I'm not going to say no to you Ron of course so. right, right, right. Well, that's really cool Big heart, deep thanks for taking the time to uh, to talk today um, yeah. you know I have loved this project for a long, long time. Um, uh, you know, Miles in the fold, Miles being a part of this, um, this band is really, really, this is the real deal. This isn't just a side project for you. This is a band. And um, it just seems evident every time you release something that this is, this is its own entity. This thing really, really exists. It's not just a one-off thing. What, how does it feel, you know, you're, you're releasing number four. Um, what does it feel like to have this kind of a project that became, you know, a, a real solidified band. Well, you know, it's like, we've been doing it for the fun of it for so long that I didn't even realize we've been doing it as long as we have been. Like yeah. when, when we were just getting to the point of releasing this record, like literally, you know, a month ago, I was like, wow, it's actually been 12 years since the first record the first tour that we ever did together. Anyway. So it's been great because we have such a um, an easygoing, uh, creative, and personal relationship, and we just have fun doing what we're doing. That it is, in a way, it's just effortless. It's just we have a really good time. We don't have a lot of ancillary pressure. We don't have yeah. to live up to a lot of people's expectations. We just do what we do, and we have fun doing it, and we love doing it, and we love working, and we love going out and touring, and everybody is sort of in it to the same extent. And, uh, and that's why it's just all gone by so quick. So, you know, the fact that one of the reasons that we called it four was the fact that we'd actually arrived at a fourth record. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, and there, there was that. And also we didn't want to have any reminder of 2020 whatsoever. So I didn't want to try and come up with any kind of a title. Yeah. Try to encapsulate that or there was too broad of a fucking period 2020 to even try and come up with a clever fucking remark for anyway. So we just wanted to keep it simple, but yeah, I mean, I know we had a great time making this record. I think that after everything that we've done together to arrive at this place where we could just go in and let loose in a room with yeah. just microphones on, was really liberating and fun and and especially in the midst of everything else that was going on you know um yeah i mean i couldn't i i can't say enough nice things about you know the whole situation yeah and and you know um todd 
Kearns, fellow Canadian. Uh, I've known him way, way back from the nineties when he was in age of electric. Um, glad, you know, glad, glad to see him playing with you. Um, the band itself is, is a solid band. And I've noticed that the band's getting more, you know, the band gets more billing now. Um, when, when the things are released, it's, you know, featuring miles, um, was there, was there a conscious thought into that or was it just, it was so, I mean, initially when it first started, um, and I, I, you know, we were about to go out and, and tour on my first solo record, miles is going to be the singer. Yeah. And it was really slash featuring miles Kennedy just to give him due credit. Right? Of course. Of course. And, uh, you know, uh, Brent came into it and then he introduced me to Todd and yeah. that really became a thing. So we went out and toured for a good year on that solo record. So when we went to do apocalyptic love at that point, we established ourselves as a full, full blown band. And I said, well, those guys need to have some sort of recognition as, as, as well. And so I came up with the conspirators and that became part of the title. So all things considered, it started off really simple and it got bigger as, <laughs> as time went on yeah. and it became probably one of the longest band titles out there, <laughs> but uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, when, when you, you know, it's funny cause I'm listening to uh, you know, I listened to call off the dogs and uh, that it, it's funny cause I'm listening to some of the riffs and I'm like, man, they're like, that guy's like ripping off like a riff. And I'm like, wait a minute, you wrote the riff that you're ripping off. <laughs> What did I write? What is it? <laughs> Some of the riffs are are reminiscent of riffs you've written before. Um, yeah. And and it's and it's funny because I forget sometimes that this is your own thing. This isn't a, a GNR thing. This is your thing. And and it's funny how some of the riffs you've written, I mean, let's face it, you know, the elephants in the room, they're they're riffs that are in the ethos of rock and roll. I mean, these are iconic songs that you've written. So it's funny to hear your style of playing on something new and have it make me reminisce of something you wrote, you know, all those years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Um, yeah, I I it's it's I definitely have sort of uh you have a style. A style, yeah. I think. So, so, I mean, it's great that I actually have one, but yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> sometimes they might come across and like, oh, well, yeah, that's a slash road. Um, the, the live record, um, live in the dream. Uh, this was pretty rad thing to put together, uh, you know, double album, really, really nice package. W when you put this together, um, was it taken over one concert? Was it taken over several? Um, no, that was, that was a show, uh, at the hammer at Hammersmith in London. Okay. Back in, I guess it was 2018 or 2019. And that was just one gig. Yeah. And when you, when you look back on something like that um, and, you know, again, I'm bringing up Ron, um, does it bring back any memories? Do you want to get back to this as soon as you can? Uh, I'm dying to go. Yeah. We're all dying to get out and play. Um, I haven't looked at that record since it came out. So I actually hadn't really given it much thought. It's rad. Check it out. <laughs> I, I, do, I do remember that show and, and what was going on at that, that venue that night. But um, I mean, we, 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 fuck. I mean, it's, I, 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 there's not enough time to express all the different shit that everybody was going through along with everybody else during this sort of event that we're in the midst of. But, uh, you know, there was a point there where it was like, you know what, fuck it, let's just go make a record anyway. Yeah. And, and we set about to do that and we finished it in April and then realized, you know, uh, for various reasons, we had to wait 10 months till February to put it out. So it's the longest lead time I've ever had for uh, a record in my career. 
and sitting around waiting for it to come out. I haven't listened to it until just recently because I had to get away from it. Yeah, of course. I analyze it and all that. Um, and so now that it's finally coming out, there's that anxious kind of feeling. But then on top of it, we're finally going to get out, you know, um, COVID willing and start touring, which we haven't played. Our last show was at some point in 2019, which is basically three years ago. So we're pretty anxious to get out and do exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> what did you, what did you fill your time with when you were, when you were not touring? Um, well, okay. I mean, we, uh, guns was supposed to do a world tour starting that month. And we actually played the first show of that tour in right. Mexico because they, they didn't, they, the promoters didn't cancel the gig. It was a festival. Yeah. And we we're like, what do we do? You know? And so we ended up playing it to not let all those people down, but uh, then everything shut down. So for the first couple of weeks, I think along with everybody else, you're sort of navigating what is actually going on Yeah, and uh, acclimating to, you know, like all these sort of every, constantly changing reality. And, uh, and then finally, once it sort of settled in, I just got back to work. Um, so I started working on a, guns material that was you know recording and then also making demos for this record and i did some outside sessions and i did a lot of writing and yeah you know so i just kept myself really busy and uh then i was also doing movie stuff and actually there was a movie that was completed during the pandemic um called the breach which is actually going to come out this year that was i produced and i'm eight weeks on I've heard about that. You, yeah. and you, you've got a, you've got a big, big love for horror movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely genre movies, not just horror, but like yeah. thrillers and even, you know, some science fiction if it's horror based, you know, anyway, but uh, you know, so I was just busy with a million things and, and keep myself occupied. Cause if, you know, I have a really, you know, like crazy history with off time. Yeah. And I've gotten myself into a lot of bad situations just from not knowing what to do with myself with downtime. So, you know, when the pandemic came, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get to gotta have a Got to have like, a plan. Got to have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, you're one of the funnest guys to, to follow on Instagram, um, because I love Instagram pages that are just fun. And, you know, they're not too crazy. To, and, and with all the climate of the world right now, you know, no, no matter where you're going, you're going to get an opinion, but your stuff is just always really, really fun. Um, do, do you, do you, do you have fun doing that? Is it? Yeah, you, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a production. I mean, I, I find stuff and I, 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 uh, cue it up and then, you know, and like, I'll get up during the day and I'll, I'll, I'll post something, you know, and that's basically it. I just find cool shit and I just put it up there. And I, I, uh, you know, that and it's, I've been doing that ever since I got my first Instagram <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, uh, you know, I just look for stuff that appeals to me and I'll just put it out there. Um, I'm definitely on, on uh, probation with Instagram for some of the stuff that I've put out. <laughs> And, and on double secret probation with fucking Facebook, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I have fun with it. But if I should disappear one day, you'll know why. I'll know why if you're in, <laughs> if you're in Facebook jail. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. New album comes out February 11th. Uh, continued success. And uh, I, I can't wait to see what the people uh, think of this record because I love it. Uh, well, thanks, man. And we're excited too. And, and maybe, I don't know, we're playing actually a gig in Windsor. I don't know how far that is from where you're at. 
Worth the you? worth the drive, Montreal. But I could yeah. do the drive. To <laughs> I drove to Windsor. To go, I drove there to see Tears for Fears. I can go there to see you. Yeah, I'm excited about that. It's our only Canadian date. But uh, yeah, just let's hope everything. You know, I just wish everybody to be safe and hopefully this uh, craziness will start to to wind down a little bit and like cool. that. Well, thanks for <laughs> taking the time, man. All right, man. Take care. Cheers. Yeah, for sure. Great chatting. Right? <laughs> I have nothing to say on that. I'm frozen. I love I, I love Slash, man. I like um the fact that I live the fact that pre-pandemic I got to see Slash Dove and Axel on the same stage just still rocks my world. Yeah, a little, a yeah. little funny story about that Guns N' Roses reunion. You know how like you people can potentially ruin a concert by singing too loud and out of key? Yeah. Guilt guilty. Because <laughs> I wasn't just singing along. I was trying to sing along as Axel and me and my yeah. buddy Richie, who don't have high voices, were both doing it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, God, it does. Axel sang his ass off that night and uh, seeing Slash play in person for like two, three hours effortlessly. Yeah. It's something that really sticks with me to this day. I have his book. I love Slash. Love him. Love him. Oh, love me. Him. Same, same. And, uh, and, and, you know, after chatting with him, he's just such a nice guy, an incredible player. And I love his solo stuff. I love Miles Kennedy singing Slash's stuff. I mean, that band is just deadly. So to see, um, him continuing with that. And like I mentioned, when we chatted, you know, this isn't just a side project. This is just another band that he has that, that is quite prolific. So, but as we mentioned, um, you know, at the beginning, uh, not only do him and I have the same affinity for, um, stu you know, studio house brand t-shirts, we also share a friend who is Ron English and, um, Ron has done some work with slash. I got to sing on slashes NFT. Um, do you know anything about NFTs, Ryan? Do you know what NFTs are? I, I don't know what it is. I'm an old man <laughs> yelling at a cloud. All right. I'm going to tell you really what an NFT is. NFTs are called non, um, non-fungible tokens so what they are basically is they are digital pieces of art that you own that aren't physical they don't they don't they don't exist in a physical space they exist in a metaverse now i know for you and i were exactly the same kind of thing <laughs> that people were saying when someone showed them napster and said you don't have to buy cds anymore you can just get all this music it was the same thing so nfts are on the ground right now about to blow up they are blowing up and um Ron English is on ground zero with that, with, um, with NFTs. He's at the forefront of that movement and he's doing it. Um, and slash contributed, uh, with Ron to an, you know, they collaborated on an NFT and they asked me to sing. Um, well, Ron messaged me and he said, can you sing on this? And I was like, of course, whatever you need. And then he's like, um, slash did the guitar part. And I was like, <gasps> what? <laughs> so that technically means that I kind of had a song with slash, but that's what happened. I would have um, just accepted like, you know, a slash is just like, I no longer want to drink this water huh? and just yeah. being the receptor of said water walking by <laughs> just well, to have a little conversation and just look at him and say, good aim. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when that was, when that was presented to me, it was like a no brainer. Whenever Ron asked me to do anything creatively, I always say yes, because I just respect him. And I, and I, and I love the fact that he creates from the same place that I like to create from now, um, a place where it's just about the art. It's not about, uh, it's not about money. It's about the art. It's about creating, it's about getting something out of you that needs to come out. So when, when artists create from that place, it's a, it's a nice place to be. It's a nice space to exist in. So regardless of all that, Ron, is amazing. You know, you've met him, you spent some time with him and now everybody is going to be able to spend some time with Ron. Uh, I'm excited about this, Ryan, because 
Ron's rad. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ron. Um, and, uh, without any further ado, here is our chat with the godfather of street art, Mr. Ron English. All right, really, really happy to have with us today on the Rockman Power Hour, um, a guy who I've kind of been friends with for a while, and uh, but is also someone that I, I admire uh, greatly for his work in in pop culture. Um, and uh, I, you know, I, I, a lot of people that know me know I talk about you all the time, Ron, because I uh, I I'm a fan, and 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 I love what you do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Ron English to the Rockman Power Hour. Good to have you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks for being in my band. Yeah, well, that this is the thing. Okay, so it's it, our our um, our um, relationship started in a very organic way. Um, you you were in Montreal for uh, Mural Fest. Uh, you were painting a massive, massive mural in Montreal a few years back, and um, I got a call from someone that we knew in common who said mm -hmm. um, Ron is in Montreal, and his uh, his friend is looking for some pot. <laughs> Mm -hmm. my uh my uh agent or manager or whatever he was at the time yeah i also remember that he sat next to you and was cussing a lot and i'm thinking oh my god but uh yeah but i, I think that maybe it was off mic enough but i was a little concerned yeah well he so <laughs> so 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 um our our you know i i facilitated for him i helped him i helped him get what he needed and and at the same time you came into the studio and did an interview which was great um, and, and it was a chance for us to actually meet and to talk. And, uh, and ever since then, we've kind of, we've, I've, I've kind of, we've kind of bounced in and out of each other's lives. We saw each other again at San Diego comic-con when I brought my son to San Diego for mm -hmm. his 13 year non-Jewish bar mitzvah, or I call it a geek mitzvah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and then the ball started rolling. Um, but what I like about you is that you touch on so many different things. Um, you're not just. You're not just a toy maker. You're not just a painter. Uh, you're not just a musician. You're kind of a little bit of everything. Um, and can you just tell me how that all started? Um, I, I think that you get interested in a lot of things when you're young. And the difference between me and maybe other people is I didn't give up on anything. So, right. uh, you know, you were in the high school band and you think, yeah, maybe it's I'm not going to be a rock star, but I want this to be a part of my life forever. So I've always looked for different ways for music to be a part of my life. And currently, it's a part of my life in, in the form of the rabbits. That's with three Bs. You have to misspell it. Yeah. You have to persistently misspell it to find it because we are down a weird rabbit hole. But it was, it was the idea of taking all these characters I've created all these years and bringing them to life um, using different singers. And um, we write all the songs. So all the albums kind of tell a story. But, but like, here's the main character, Ronnie Rabbit. And in this one, he has the grin treatment, which is something I do in a lot of characters. Yeah. So, and, and he's holding a record because he's actually um, Tower Records is opening a new store in Brooklyn, and they're going to release Ronnie, the grin version of Ronnie, holding a record for oh, uh, this. This, uh, which is kind of cool, because actually, my very very first toy, it was even kind of at, at the inception or at the you know very beginning of this weird toy culture. I did a toy through Dark Horse of Ronnie Rabbit, and it was distributed through Tower Records. So it, it was before the, the limited edition thing. It was just, you know, I think we sold about 7,000 of them. But uh, it was like open source thing. But uh, yeah. So they wanted to come, you know, as, as they're reintroducing themselves to the world, they wanted to come back and they want to do um, Ronnie Rabbit, like an updated version. Um, they're going to do all the Delusionville records, the Rabbits. 
as uh, vinyl and then then do a box set of everything with the vacuum form. I, I don't know, like a, a collectible. So yeah, yeah. So th- you know, I think everybody right now is kind of making their comeback and trying to find a new way to interface with the world. So, so, and this is just one aspect. I mean, this is just the music stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 and and but I mean, you're you're involved with you know music with toys. Um, you're also, you know, someone would, you're, you're a fine arts painter. I mean, you have, you know, you have gallery shows where people come in and will you know, we'll, we'll spend thousands and thousands of dollars on one of your paintings because you're, you're very, very highly regarded in that world too. So you, you have your toes dipped in a lot of different pools. It's, and it's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, um, it's kind of weird. People try to understand me and, or like, but I think only about 5% of what I do actually makes money. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> I don't distinguish what makes money and what loses money. I just do whatever I want and, yeah. <laughs> and sort of have a lot of faith. You know, I remember once my, my friend converted to Christianity and he was like, well, like, do, do you have faith? Or, do, do artists even have faith? And I'm like, are you kidding? You know how much faith you have to have to be an artist? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't know if you have to have that much faith to be a Christian. You just have to show up at church on Sunday, but uh <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it and it and you know when you when you think about um the way you started, I mean with with billboards and stuff and and you know a lot of that guerrilla style of uh, of of approaching um you know of, of approaching some of the stuff that was that that's in our face every day. Um you know, I, I remember hearing those stories of you going into grocery stores and making your own cereal boxes and then mixing them in with the rest of the cereal boxes <laughs> really? uh, in, in the, in the grocery store. Tell me a bit about that. Cause I think that's something that maybe a lot of people might not know, but that's, that that's pretty cool. Well, it's interesting. I come from a very small town. I didn't know who Andy Warhol was. I didn't know who Jackson Pollock was. I didn't know anything about the outside world. You know, I just lived in this weird isolated small town. There was no internet. Um, maybe we got some underground comic books. That was our little porthole to another universe. But I knew I was an artist, and I and so I made art, and I didn't, I didn't think, oh, we have to make paintings and put them in a gallery because that didn't exist in this small town. So what I did do is just sort of I made things, and then I put them in places where I knew people would be, and I made them yeah. relate to like that situation. So I would make package designs, and I would come up with my own kind of beer, like Wolf Whiz beer, and then I would place product place it around and or reverse shoplifted into different stores. <laughs> it, 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 only later, like. Um, did I actually get people to go in with cameras and, and get people's reactions? So I kind of never had any sense of how people are reacting to me art. And I, and, and I didn't, I didn't connect that dot yet. Like it didn't seem important to me that I knew what people, how they were enacting or, or what their, you know, what it was like for them to experience it. Like, like I used to go to the cliffs in Austin and in Dallas and, and, and create, um, like fossils. So there'd be like a fossilized weird dinosaur. I'd make up my own dinosaur, but it would be, be embedded in the rocks. And so if you were like on the trails walking, you look over and think, oh my God, there's an exposed dinosaur skeleton, but I don't quite recognize that dinosaur. It's a strange one. I don't know why I was, you know, I was just doing it. And I didn't care. I never hung around to see like what people thought. So what the reactions were right. Yeah. Right. Because your impetus, or at least my impetus was, I just, I felt like I had to make art, you know? Yeah. And, and it never occurred to me that I could ever make a living at it or even, you know, have the experience of what it was like for other people to experience or know that, you know, I don't know why I didn't care. I was just weird. No, I think you just truly did it because you needed it to come out. It had to, it had to be, it had to be out there in the world. It did. And so, so what is it like now when you can put something out that 
is probably from very, you know, from the same spot in you, a very pure place. But when you put it out, but you can get that reaction and you can get people, you know, messaging you and commenting and all that. Is it different? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I feel like that in my lifetime, all the dots, you know, I think for all of us have kind of connected and it's kind of scary. I mean, we're way more interconnected than we've ever been. Um, yeah. It's, I did a, a project, the light cult, cult, light cult crypto club, where I oh, made wow. 10,000 PFPs. And so like, you know, I had to have a, I had, to, I had to have a thousand original ideas and then set it up the machine to make 9,000 other original ideas because I, but before I couldn't have made that, that, that amount of work and disseminated it to that many people, you know? Right. But it's also kind of like every idea that can possibly be had is being had right now. And all the space is just kind of filling up and finding a little place for yourself is very difficult right now. Well, I think you've pretty much cemented your, play, your 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 spot, though. I mean, I think you're good. You've got you've got like I like I mentioned, you you're 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 relevant in a lot of different areas in pop culture, which is cool. Um, the music project, uh, you know, Ryan Ryan knows uh, you know a, a little bit about the rabbits. Uh, I play this guy in the rabbits, who's punk skunk. Yeah, punk skunk, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and your song is one of the most popular songs too. So is it really? Okay, cool. Yeah, very, they kind of cool. track it like going up on. But yeah, it's it's like a, a crazy thing, and we, we kind of went down this rabbit hole. Um, I I started writing with Joe Johnson, and I I think I did one record where I wrote with a couple other people. But we've been doing this for seven years now, and we don't know why we're doing it. We just keep doing it. We just keep putting it out. Yeah. And I feel like maybe now we're starting to figure out what we can do with it. So like the most recent thing I've been working on is, um, do you know the platform VV? Yep. Yeah. So they do digital collectibles. And um, so they, 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 he showed up at my house before the pandemic and before the whole NFT explosion. And he was trying to pitch the, the NFT idea to me, like taking some of my characters and creating like digital toys with them. And, and I think just before he had met with me, he met with uh, Marvel and DC out in LA and, you know, he was, he had a little private jet and he was flying around, you know, locking down all these licenses, yeah. you know, before the whole, and I don't think even, I didn't quite understand what this was going to be. And the whole thing has blown up like in the last year and yeah. like on BB. Now we put something on up for sale and it sells out in less than a half a second. But meanwhile, you know, some of the um, stuff I put out, like I put music with it. Mm -hmm. Like obviously, you know, you sang on a song with slash. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll now, just let that, we'll just like let yeah. that roll off the tongue. Like it's not a big deal. You just, yeah. did a well, 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 no, because, because suddenly, you know, what was selling was, um, art and, right. and nobody had found a way to do the music thing yet. So a lot of musicians that I admire and probably would have to stand in line to get their autograph for two hours, suddenly are calling me up going, I want to be in this world. Can you help? Can we do art together? And so yeah. like with him, I'd made art for his album covers and stuff. So I said, well, yes, I, I understand, you know, we, we work well together. I know what he likes and, and, uh, and I can work in his wheelhouse or he can, we work well together and we, I knew yeah. we could make some great stuff. But I'm like, you have to have music to it. And he goes, I don't want to put music in there. You know, I just want to, you know, you know, do the art thing or whatever. Because I don't think people cared about music at, at that point. And um, so I don't think a lot of people that bought those pieces realized that there was an, an original piece of music that music went with it. Went along and, with and it. I, and, I, and I did. He didn't want to do it at first. And then I talked him into doing it. And, you know, just, I, you know, I did something kind of different with one of them, like that something he would never do. So, So we really did collaborate. And it was really interesting. And, you know. And the weird thing about music is you you have to you almost have to collaborate with music. I guess some people make it by themselves, but uh, yeah, it's like 
collaborating with super talented people is 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 like really an interesting thing to do do you know what i mean yeah oh yeah definitely i mean i mean yeah i know i mean just collaborating with you uh yeah you know, you, you, yeah and it, and ryan what's great about ron is that ron's not necessarily you're he's not necessarily a musician per se because i don't do you play any instruments no I, yeah. I took like five years of drum lessons. So, <laughs> so Ron has a better, I think Ron's the only guy I know who has a band, but doesn't play anything and doesn't really sing. <laughs> yeah. So you're kind of, but you're kind of like the ringleader, which is great. Right. Like, I it, like, if I was to envision a rabbit show, um, mm -hmm. I would envision you with a big top hat um, being pretty much the MC. Yeah, I do. I do. When we do get to do shows, I, I come out and I explain yeah. um, what, what the backstory is. And then we start the concert and then I kind of give, sometimes some context between songs about what's happening. Um, you know, like right now the, 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 the wolves are trying to have a revolution and this is why the wolves, you know, but it's, it, I think once you understand the stories, the, the, um, the songs become a lot more enjoyable because you can, you can understand who the characters are. Um, Ryan, do you remember when we showed up at Ron's house? Do I? Uh, that was a stop off on Rockman and Ryan's excellent adventure in New York State, where we ran out of gas right after uh, leaving your house. I don't you know did? if you did. You know that happened, Ron? I I know that I sent my kids out to siphon a little bit of gas out of your tank for our car, but I did. I told them not don't drain no. it. No, what happened was you. Uh, so so yeah. So well, just I'll let me just back up, Ryan. Then you can tell the rest of the story because it's a pretty cool story. Sure. Um, we mm. were Ryan and I were on uh, a weekend with DMC. Um, and cause DMC had a recording for record store day that I had kind of helped him with. Um, and, uh, so we went to three different record stores. We went to one in long Island. We went to one in New Jersey and then one in, uh, I just remember it's called the record archive. I oh yes. In Rochester, in Rochester. Yeah, yeah, Rochester. Yeah. So when we were doing that route, I said, Hey, we're so close to where Ron is. Let's go see, let's go see Ron. And so we ended up going to, to Ron's house for dinner. And, uh, and I remember you said to me, you said, you guys can stay here if you want. Like we got space and I declined cause I didn't want to impose. Um, so we got in the car after and we had our we were, Canadian, our Canadian politeness prevented us from, uh, you know, from, from, from saying, no, from no, staying, I, 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 from I staying in Ron's sweet house. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to impose. So we got in the car and we drove, um, and we had a hotel that was booked and I ran out of gas. And I didn't realize because I didn't check the gas gauge. And I was like, you know, when you're on the highway, Ron, you're like, ah, oh, the next station, I can make it to the next station. Well, it was so late that the next station never arrived. And we ran mm. out of gas in this wow. small fucking town. And well, we, it's not just that we thought we we thought we were about to get to a station and mm. it was 20 minutes of nail biting nervousness where we're like, oh, my God, are we going to make it like seriously David Lynch, crazy, dark crap where we're just staring at the headlights wondering, are we going to make it? Are we going to make it And every five minutes? We're like, I think I think we're going to make it. We get to a <laughs> gas station. It's closed. It's a small town gas station. So what, it's what, just what closed. happened? Did you have to walk or? Uh, well, well. Well, okay. Well, you can say what happened. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Jason found uh, a really sketchy hotel that was about five minutes away, like murder a hooker hotel type <laughs> situation. And uh, we we get there and it's a weird hotel. Like, you know, you go to the front, you got to make a phone call. Someone comes, emerges from the woods and gives you the key to your room and stuff. So we're like, well, we're sleeping in our clothes. 
And uh, <laughs> yeah, and then we got up in the morning and strangely enough, the town not clouded, clouded in darkness is much more pleasant in the daytime. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, we went on our merry way. But, uh, you know, thank you for the wonderful dinner. Yeah, you should have uh, stayed. Know. We have a lot of room. I know That's one of the reasons that we live farther away from New York so we can have more space. And and also we find that it was weird. We lived in New York City. And everybody would come, you know, to our studio. We actually had a huge studio that was down on Chamber Street. It took up the whole city street. It was so you could like you looked out on one street at one window and on another street on the other window. And then there were actually nobody lived in Tribeca, so we had two empty floors below us where we would have bands play and huge parties. And then we moved to Jersey, and it's ten minutes away from where we were before on Chamber Street. Nobody would come to my studio. Nobody would go <laughs> ten minutes to New Jersey, and then at some point you know, dealing with a mob in Jersey or just all the craziness. Finally, we, we came, you know, we went, we looked at Beacon. We came to, to do a mural festival in Beacon. And then we thought, well, it's, you know, let's just, let's just do this. There's no way we're ever getting back in New York again and we can't take Jersey anymore. So let's just, we'll move up there. But, you know, we, we're pr pretty much right off your career, right off people coming to see you. I mean, if they're not going to come 10 minutes into Jersey, they're not going to come an hour and a half up to Beacon. So yeah, we're going to be lonely. Um, we weren't even sure if the people up here would be hillbillies. And, and, uh, but uh, no, then we moved up here and then everybody comes up from New York. And yeah. I, I swear mm. to God, almost every day, somebody is here visiting from New York. Like yesterday, a, a guy came up and we wrote songs together, but almost every day, somebody comes up from New York and hangs out. So it's weird. Like they'll come an hour and a half, but they don't go 10 minutes. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that, that's how much the, the deep hate for Jersey is. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I, I never like when I lived in New York and I was a, a truck driver, I would be so happy if we got to drive to Connecticut and just so I could see some trees or something. You know, you yeah. live in the weird canyon and it's a little oppressive. And going to Jersey is not a break from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but coming upstate is so. I don't know. But yeah, we're quite happy here. And uh, I wish you would have stayed. We would have made you a nice breakfast. And, well, we, we, yeah. I, I think and I Next think that's time. one. Of, I <laughs> yeah. think it's one of the reasons why every time I talk about you or I show Ron one of the toys, not Ron, I show uh, Ryan one of the toys. I think it kind of brings back PTSD from that night. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, but you nice. also showed me my favorite band when we were in a car, Carpenter Brute, which yep. is essentially like John Carpenter music on steroids. And uh, when you're scared, you're going to run out of gas on a dark highway and you don't know where you are and you hear Carpenter Brute music. You're like, damn, if I'm ever going to experience this music, it's got to be right now because it's <laughs> going into my brain and my heart at the same time. But Ron, I, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, your the vis your music is like the visual equivalent of what punk rock should be to me, hmm. like uh you know kind of like showing society with the dirty lens that it actually should be seen. And sometimes, um, what do you listen to in the shop sometimes? Because I so many musicians like love your work, but what what are the musicians that you listen to or ever have? Oh, um, as an inspiration, I I, I, I'm, I don't listen to music because it makes me it makes it hard for me to concentrate. Hmm. So um, sometimes when I work like in the office we listen to different things um when i paint murals usually like i'll hook up with local kids so usually have a lift operator which is a, more often than not like a, a street tagger kid that, that that gets a job for the city doing that so when i do that stuff what i usually do is say you're going to run the lift and then you're going to be my dj and i don't want to hear anything i've heard before i want to hear what you like and i don't want to hear anything i've heard before i want i want you to I want you to turn me on to like things I've never heard before. And they, they love that too, because for the next three days they get to show off all the music they know about the underground yeah. hip hop or whatever they know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting trying to find new music. It's a bit of a challenge and it's a bit, and I think a lot of people think you listen to the music in the studio all day. And uh, 
and if if it kind of distracts you and I can't concentrate, then I I can't really do that too much. Hmm. Have you ever have you ever been like on with the lift operator for three days and they're playing stuff and you're like, oh my god, I I can't stand this, but I've got to put on a brave face, or is it always no so no? no? Okay. I, I, I like everything. Yeah, and also um, with kids these days. You know they're open to everything. We were just yeah. locked in. No, I I worked at a bowling alley, and the 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 woman in the cafe says, uh, "Hey, you know, I got tickets to go see Elvis. Would you like to drive a couple towns and go see Elvis with me? I can't find anybody to go." And uh, I'm like, "I'm gonna go see Ted Nugent. I don't go see Elvis, <laughs> you know." But that's what we were like. We liked our heavy metal, and yeah. we didn't like anything else, you know. And it yeah. wasn't until college that I opened up to jazz and all these other art forms, but uh, we were very strict about what we liked then and, and very myopic, which was sad. And the kids today aren't, you know yeah. what I mean? They'll yeah. listen to anything. So they're a lot more exposed. They're exposed to a lot more stuff, but they're also open to a lot more stuff and they're not prejudiced against other, uh, any art form. No. And the, and the thing with you too, is that you've crossed over um, into so many different genres. Um, you know, like there you've got a massive, massive following in the hip hop community. Um, that love, you know, love to collect your stuff. Um, and, and it's, it's pretty cool to see, you know, like, uh, I remember you did, uh, you did a collab with, um, with, you know, you, you, you've done some pretty big collaborations with some pretty big artists. Mm -hmm. Um, but the hip hop communities have really embraced you and they really, really love your toys, especially, I mean, I remember when you were launching the Charlie grins, um, and I, you know, I saw quest love, like with a picture with one of them and i was like man it's like it's it's great because it just shows that there 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 really is no boundaries when it comes to art right but it feels good for me too because it's a it's a two-way street because you know for years i was just a fan of of music and and then at some point it kind of flipped to where they're also a fan of my stuff and and they'll take my phone call and we could work on a toy together or we could work on a song together and uh i don't know it's it's i'm still like a fanboy yeah, so am I. You know, <laughs> yeah, time, I mean, I'm the total same. That that you know, I can't believe my luck. Yeah, you know, sometimes I say it's funny because it's almost like I built this life where I'm actually dependent on having some miracle happen to me at least once every two weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it does, you know. But I think we're trying to figure that out. But I think it's just you know. Well, I always say if you want to get hit by a car, go stand in the road. But I think a lot of life is just putting yourself out there. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And not being able to for you know, shout out people like in, in, in different things. And they, sometimes they pick up on it, you know, like my son was super into Lincoln park. Right. And, yep. and they they were, they were a phenomenal band back, you know, before the tragedy. And I was really proud of him that he liked something that, that good and that deep. And, uh, and then, then he was reading an article about him and they, they asked Mike Shinona, well, like if you could collaborate with anybody in the world, you know, any living person in the world, like, who would you like to collaborate with? And he goes, oh, uh, Ron English. And um, my wow. sister, wait, what, 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 he just, what, what, what? That's my dad. <laughs> and so oh, I said, wow. Yeah, we, we'll call his management. And, and so we got to go like to a couple shows and go backstage. And and then later, me and Mike ended up making some paintings together and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's just, if he wouldn't have said that, I wouldn't have pursued him. And, you know, I just would have just stayed a fanboy, you know? Um. Well, so right here's a perfect opening for that. Um, you know, you did this for Slash. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's just like tell me how that came together because you know Slash is a guest on the show as well today. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and I I want to know how did that collaboration come? You know, was it is like this? Was is it as was it as organic as this? Um. 
we shared the same manager a long time ago, Vicki Hamilton. So she's the one that got slash signed to Geffen okay. Records and everything. And uh, and then I think that they didn't feel like that she was at, at a level to take them through the stadium tours and everything that was going to happen after that. Right. And um, so I don't think he was working with her anymore, but they stayed really close friends. So um, a, a guy was making a movie about me, Pedro Carvajal. So uh, she said, well, I can get Slash. He likes your art. He'll come and talk about it. So he came to one of my shows and appeared in the documentary. And then I gave him a painting of Marilyn with Mickey. And then after that, we kind of became friends and I ended up doing a lot of different things with him, like some art, some sculptures, some album covers and uh but he's super into the same kind of art I am. And he, yeah. he actually, you know, he, he really knows probably more about this world than I do. And it's, uh, it's funny when you think about, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just people. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's, and, but, but I kind of, I, what I love about slash is that he never stops being a fan. Like mm -hmm. he is a fan. Um, yeah, and you yeah. can tell that he's a fan, you know, um, just by his background behind him. I mean, he's got, you know, I've got pop figures. He's got pop figures. He's got like, it's just, he's, he's a big, big, big kid. Um, right. But if you think of all the, the really iconic, great people like David Bowie or Mick Jagger, they were always into everything. They sure. were always open-minded. Sure. They were always yeah. following everything. And then, Oh, now it's disco. And they never, they never went disco sucks. They yeah. just go like, how can I play with this new art form? Yeah. You know? And, well, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I think you have to kind of always keep that wonderment. Like you kind of always have to, remain a bit of a kid right yeah and and you all, you also have to make sure that you know it's it you understand that you're part of this huge community and it's not really about you you're you're, you're just fortunate to be a member of this community i mean the artists i've seen fail are ones like hey what who's your favorite artist oh me <laughs> it's like yeah okay that's a very narrow view of the world and of course i'm you better like your own art because you know i mean i i, I stare at like a painting for two months before it's done. So I, I, I hope I like it, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think you have to be more open to the world. Oh, look, here's my, uh, here's my <laughs> shoe with uh, Kevin Durant. Oh, oh wow. Is that oh, so? See, it, it, it's yeah. the light cult, uh, crypto club guy. See, there's this, uh, Mohawk. Um, oh, that's what it is. So I couldn't figure out yeah. how that, okay. So that yeah, goes that's on. His lightning bolt mo Mohawk. And, uh, th this one, we got a toy that comes out with it. I love how he just like rolls off. Oh, here's my shoe with yeah. Kevin Durant. Like yeah. one of the biggest yeah. basketball players in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a little better than him saying, hey, guys, want to see my shoe of Kevin Durant? I bet <laughs> yeah. you do. Like, after all these years, uh, you know, if you don't have a humble mind, uh, I guess you just have, would have gone insane, like, decades ago, right? I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it was fun. He lets us, uh, he let me come to his games, and then then my kids mm. kind of caught on that that I was getting free tickets to the games and they, they were, they, they decided those were their tickets. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm yeah. sure, and I'm sure the seats were, they were close, right? Yeah. 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 You can get sweat. You get some sweat on you. Uh, Ron, Ron, I got to ask you, um, there's an artist that Jason and I both love named Neil Adams. And he was telling a story about how, uh, you know, the sometimes the biggest jerks in an artist's life are other, are their friends that are artists that are constantly telling them you can't do this. You know, Norman Rockwell, when he was doing his paintings, what he would do is he'd, you know, take a picture and then start painting the picture. And all his artist friends are like, you can't do that. And eventually it would lead to him getting a projector, painting that. He's like, but guys, I'm I'm making so much more stuff. And they're like, yeah, but you can't do this. You can't. Mm -hmm. What you were mentioning about music before. You're not allowed to like this if you like heavy metal. Mm -hmm. uh, did you have anybody in your life that you kind of had to cut the cord on when you were developing your really original style that was telling you, you can't do this with toys? Yeah, also you hear your whole life is... uh. Oh, that can't be done. And then later they go, 
I can't believe you did that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that can't be done. Oh, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> like, I, don't I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that, um, I don't, I don't, I, I listen to people and I take criticism and I think it's really important and I'm respectful of it, but, uh, but I, I never let it dominate what I want to do. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, and I, and I also understand I do work with people and I have an art dealer and, um, he finds me super frustrating, but actually I'm his longest term relationship. I'm the artist that's been with him the longest. So he does, he does good with me, but it's like, I never repeat myself or make it easy for him, you know, because like once you made a show and you paint a certain thing or you paint Marilyn with Mickey, then you can just have Marilyn with Mickey shows the rest of your life. And it would be very easy for him because everybody's mm -hmm. already decided they want one. And then, you know, cause on the other side of the equation, he's got customers that are going, why won't he paint that anymore? I didn't get one of those. I want one of those, or that's the thing that I'm, he's known for. Why won't he do that? So I'm, it's very frustrating, but at the same time, I, you know, like, dude, I made you a better dealer. <laughs> you have to work harder to sell my stuff because I don't repeat myself too much. And, you know, just somebody just keeps making the same thing and you decide you like it or you don't, you know. Um, but, you know, I do try to be conscious that I am working with other people and they have, they, they, they need to survive and, yeah. and stay in the game too, you know. Uh, can you tell me where the grin idea came from? Because I've always wanted to ask you that. Because um, if, if people don't know, um, Ron will take, you know, if you look behind me, and I always have your, your stuff behind me, but Ron will take uh, popular, sometimes, you know, a lot of time top popular pop culture figures yeah. and grin them out. Would you, is that, is that the pr proper terminology? You grin them? That sounds, sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> like most things in an artist's life, you just, you know, I did that. I just, um, somebody smiled and then you kind of see too much of their, like upper gums yeah yeah <laughs> and it kind of weirds you out and you realize how subtle it is if somebody's eyes just a little too much this way it, it's it's disturbing to look at them so i was kind of <laughs> like thinking about that and i was thinking what if you just took it just a little bit farther and you can see their skull and then it also kind of plays into um i always like the that the that big brands have uh they used to get a very cute cartoon character to represent maybe insurance or something that's I don't know. Maybe they were doing something nefarious, but you can't hate them because you can't hate Mickey Mouse or you can't hate uh, 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 Snoopy. Right. So, so it's a great face to put on a corporation, and it kind of sometimes it's masking nefarious things. So there's always like a weird, evil undertone to a smile. Like, remember that song? They smile in your face, but all the time they just want to take your place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of just exposing a little bit of the dark underside, and. Then I, I I realized well first I did it with the the smile the you know the happy face and then yeah. I did it with Charlie Brown, and then I found out that it actually worked on a lot of different things and it kind of gained its own momentum, and became popular to the point where, I think the King Features sued me for putting the grin on Charlie Brown and then they invited me to be in their museum, and then Warner Brothers and all these other brands just started just flat out saying would you do the grin on taz and we'll release it as a toy or oh wow so, so but inside my lifetime the um the response has been different they always yeah. say um you know the, uh, the the definition of a a fool is somebody who repeats a certain behavior and 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 expects uh different you know, the, result yeah expects different results but yeah you do get different results because the 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 your repeated behavior actually changes the world in a way. And so the world around you is, is changing and partially because you keep repeating something and they get used to it. So yeah. repeating something sometimes helps and, and people do kind of soften to the idea or the way people look at the world changes. And then suddenly they embrace what you did that they were kind of hostile to maybe a couple of years ago. 
Like remember Stravinsky released the Rite of Spring or they performed it and people rioted and they, they were, they were offended and they just couldn't believe that he, you know, took a dump on them like that. And, but a year later they, they performed it again. And most of the same people came back and thought this is one of the greatest pieces of music ever. Right. So basically their brains had to evolve to be able to take in this new, new way of making music. Right. So, and I think so sometimes, of- yeah, sometimes if you're persistent, yeah, then you actually get to reap the rewards because a lot of times like in with artists and this has actually happened to me a lot is you'll come up with a thing and you'll do it for a while and you kind of get bored with it and you move on to another thing or i i will and somebody else will pick it up and then they'll actually build a career around that weird technique that you were doing that you kind of got bored with like there's a really funny story from the east village where um there was this one artist and he did a certain thing and it was basically he just appropriated the work of other people and they called it appropriation art. It was a big thing in the 80s, but he couldn't sell it. His name was Mike Howard. He couldn't sell anything. And this other guy, his friend, Mike Bidlow, says, well, you're not going to do that anymore, right? And he goes, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. It just doesn't work, Mike. And he goes, would you mind if I did that? And, and he goes, yeah, knock yourself out. Everybody thinks it's stupid. And so Mike did the same thing and then got huge. Yeah. Because suddenly the idea of appropriation and, and challenging what's original and, and, and you know, where does, it, where does it originally end and, and copying began and, and, and all these intellectual issues that became, you know, the, the part of the soup of the day, you know, kind of bubbled up around them. And then, then his work was embraced, even though it was the same as Mike's, who got nothing out of doing it. So he just, but if he would have stayed doing it, he would have been really big. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Even, of course. even like with the street art thing, I was probably doing it for 30 years before it became a thing, you know? And, yeah. then, um, and then suddenly you're like, oh, well, I should stay on the ride for a while longer. Well, because, you know, I did stuff for 30 years for free and now they want to pay. I should probably stay on the merry-go-round for a few more rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, and that's the thing. A lot of people, a lot of people will call you, like, you know, you've been, I've heard the, the term, the godfather of street art. And, and, and I've talked to you about it before. Um, you've even said to me uh, in conversations that, you know, you, I don't even know if you have the stomach to do the things you used to do before. I mean, some of the stuff you used to do got you really nervous, right? I mean, you were taking um, major risks doing some of that stuff. I did live a lot of my life with the stress of thinking that any moment I could go to prison. Right. And never <laughs> never quite understanding what was going on because nobody tells you what's going on. Yeah. So I, I think I kind of found out later because like one time I was at a radio show in LA and I was just going off oh yeah it's like me and shepherd very up all night hitting billboards and this and that here's where to go look for him and you know my manager's calling me and says don't talk about crimes on the radio <laughs> but anyway i come out and there's a guy and and sometimes i would do a radio show like we'd be up in canada and they would go oh, would you do a billboard for us and people could kind of get excited and thrilled by the idea of that this guy just does whatever he wants and maybe he can do something for us but uh yeah the, it took me a second I, I gave the guy my card instinctively because he had a whole entourage and everybody was really excited that he was there and then it took me a minute to realize that he was the guy that owned the billboard company. <laughs> so, and then, then he was like, kind of like, he was like, look, I've been looking for you for, you know, 11 years, you know? And I'm like, well, first off, no, you haven't because I'm in the phone book. Yeah. I'm in the phone book and I write my name on the billboard. So like, don't act like you, you, you couldn't find me. He said, why don't you tell me what's really going on? And meanwhile, the, the two DJs are like, let's do it on the air. Let's do it on the air. <laughs> and I could tell he started getting nervous because they probably wasn't used to being on in the media. In, especially in a situation like that. So, so I, I said, look, why don't you just tell me what the real deal is? And he goes, look, I don't want to come after you and I don't want to prosecute you because I can't control the story after that. And it may end up, you may end up being coming out of it some big hero and we become out the, the jerks, you know? You know, because you, you actually, I did know a lot about them and I knew that sometimes 80% of the billboards they're running are illegal anyway. They don't have the permit anymore to do it and they just keep doing it. And it's it's a crazy 
business and it's kind of in your face and it gets a lot of backlash. Yeah. So, but, but his thing was, look, it, it's look. And I said, like, well, you, you got me arrest me. And he goes, I'm not going to arrest you. I just don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't know how it's going to come out. And, and, and then he said, look, here's, here's the deal. I'll give you free billboards. How about that? You quit just running around doing the billboards because, you know, I go take a client to see a giant billboard and your stuff's all over it. And it's embarrassing for me. <laughs> and, I, and, and I said, okay, well, I would take free billboards. And I said, are you going to control like the locations? It goes, yes, of course. So they're probably not going to be the prime locations like I'm getting now. Right. Right. Well, probably not, but uh, you know, but you'll, you'll be able to satisfy that itch. And, and I said, and you're also going to control what I say on these billboards, because one of the big reasons that I kept doing it after, you know, I actually earned enough money that I could rent the billboards and not put myself in jeopardy with the law I found out that you can't say anything on a billboard. You can't you can't make anything that's disparaging to McDonald's because they own too much of the market and they're not going to ever do anything to defend them. You yeah. you can say support our troops, but you can't say stop the war. Um, they're very strict about what you can do on billboards. You can't yeah. say support gay marriage. You can say support marriage. So so I thought that so so you're you're going to control what I say. You're going to control where I say it. It's like it sounds like we're in a standoff, and we kind of left it at that. But uh. But, 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 you know, up to that point, I, I wasn't sure why they didn't arrest me. Yeah. It was interesting later. I was at Comic-Con signing and this guy goes, oh yeah, my brother's a cop in uh, New York. And I'm like, well, how come he never arrested me? And he goes, oh, well, if they were told to arrest you, like if their, their sergeant said arrest him, we would arrest, he'd arrest you. But in the meantime, he goes, all those guys have all your billboards around their desk and they think you're funny <laughs> as hell <laughs> and every time you take one they run down and take a picture of it you know uh, so, so you so you ended up kind of being you, you ended up kind of being like a folk hero to a well, lot cops of cops are just people and you know it's like well yeah. you know it's like I, I they probably get annoyed at seeing billboards everywhere and they probably think it's funny somebody has the chutzpah to go just redo one i don't know i, I, I think it's you great know? i think it's i think it's great and it's and it's the same way you know you you, you take you know, like the, the, the serial characters and talk about the truth. Like, I mean, listen, over the Halloween uh, holiday, um, I had a friend of mine who was in the U S that sent me a box of each of the monster cereals. And I gave some to Ryan as well. Um, cause I love, I love, I mean, that to me is an immediate brings me right back to my childhood Saturday mornings, you know, pouring those in eating, but the, the truth of the matter is it's made with absolute poison, <laughs> but I still plowed through three boxes of them because it brought back that great feeling, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're in pretty good shape. I've, I've had some of my friends like give themselves diabetes off that stuff. I, and, I know. And it's, and for yeah. me, it's a treat. It's a treat. But yeah. at the same time, I love the fact that you tell the truth about those characters. Cause like you're saying, you know, at the beginning or when we start talking about this, the insurance company will get a cute little character to make you feel like you're safe. And the same thing with the cereal co companies, you know, they'll give you this cute little character and be like, Oh yeah, here's, you know, here's Tony, the tiger here's, you know, here's uh, here's um, you know, snap crackle pop. But the fact that you would take them and tell the truth about them, I thought was always great. And and that's how I actually, there was two, I, the first time I discovered your art was when you were doing the, um, the whole Obama thing. Um, mm -hmm. when, you know, when everybody was, was, uh, was contributing their, their take on Obama and you did the Abraham Obama, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. But then I, the first time I saw one of your toys, I was on LA on Melrose and someone had, um, yucky charmer. And I was like, what is that? And I remember, um, I immediately picked it up and brought it home. And, and that's when I started going down the rabbit hole about the, the serial killers. Um, so I, again, it's, it's fun because you end up kind of being a folk hero. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like you're the guy that'll, that's not afraid to stick it to the man, but you do it in a way where you're, and that's why I was asking you about the nerves because mm -hmm. I'm sure at one point 
probably now not so much, but I'm sure at one point you're probably constantly worrying about is someone coming after me for lawsuits, this and that, like, is that something that's still pre prevalent or right. do you just, just kind of let that go now? Um, I could probably still get lawsuits. Um, yeah. I don't, I, it doesn't seem that way. Um, yeah. yeah. And we, I have a really good copyright lawyer and we're really, I'm actually weirdly careful about what I do. And it seems sure. like sometimes I'm crossing a line that, but I know where the line's at and I know I haven't crossed the line, but no, then like, I remember like I'm going to my studio and then I get a phone call and somebody goes like, there's these four guys standing in front of your studio with uh, suits on. And I'm like, well, I'm not meeting anybody. So, you know, they, they could well be detectives. And then, so I don't go to work that day because I just don't know why they're there or what they want or because, you know, sometimes what they'll do is, is they will take the pictures of the billboards and they'll sometimes you wait if somebody's going to persistently do something especially a graffiti artist you wait till they do a, a, enough to make it a, a grand felony so that right. you can really nail them you don't just like want to get them for one or two pieces you want to get a whole a, a, a bunch of pieces you can make sure you get them really prosecuted so they could just be collecting pictures of your billboards so that they can just have this huge case against you you know what i mean right so you, you don't know. And I think there's a, there's a seven year statute of limitations. So like then one day it had been seven years since I'd done a billboard. And um, well, because I also kind of said, look, if, if the world or the universe decides that they want to give me big walls to paint, then I won't do illegal things anymore. Sure, you know? of and, course. And then, then they did. <laughs> but I still want to do illegal things. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. So I still, you know, I still do it a little bit, but uh, not with the the vigor that I did once. But uh, it's still nice just to be able to go to say what you want to say, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's fun. You know, um, we, we talked a bit about, uh, about Punk Skunk. And uh, what I love about this character is that I can go, you can give me a set of lyrics and I can sing and I can try to be punk skunk and I can say things that I might not normally say in my normal voice. <laughs> and also I can, I can re and I can live vicariously through punk skunk. Like I'm sober 29 years, but I can be a pot smoking skunk. Yeah. You know, in, um, in, in another universe. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like being Cheech and Chong. You can, you know, it, I, I doubt, well, I think one of them doesn't smoke weed anymore, but uh, no, but I mean, it. I was finding there's so much hostility and that it, it's, and everybody's so amped up that you can't really even talk about anything anymore you yeah. know, without people feeling like they're offended. And um, what if you created this other universe where all these characters had their um, their own religions and their own politics and they're none of them directly parallel, you know, anything on surface world, then you could actually start talking about, you know, all this stuff. Sure. I don't know if, if you're from a certain religion, that seems normal to you, you yeah. know, but if, anybody else's religion is going to seem really weird, you know? And you know what? Your religion is really fucking weird too. And not believing in God's really weird. Everything's weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And everything, you know, it's all like, you know, but it, it's just sad that we can't all be in it together. And it's weird. Like with Facebook and stuff and people get like so hostile over the last four years here. And, and meanwhile, but if you meet them in person, why wow, you just got your arms around each other and your best friends again. And, and it, it somehow those differences don't mean anything in person. I don't know. Yeah, you know I know. I, mean? I know people it's, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, it falls into that hole. I'm sure Ryan will agree. Like it falls into that whole keyboard warrior thing, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And, Absolutely. and it's and, also, I think you have to, you know, come to terms with the fact that you, you, you may not be right either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're trying to do the right thing and, and take and treat the world the right way. And, and, but you know, you could be wrong too. You know, I think what happens right now is, 
like you know we're pretty much documenting our lives everybody on facebook they're just kind of like they're publishing us a diary that thousands and thousands of people can see and sometimes when you're going through a moment sometimes you should keep that moment for you because mm -hmm. years later i'll look at old posts and i'll be like wow i sound like a dick back mm -hmm. then but i thought in the moment i was completely right but it's because i didn't have the foresight to think uh, you know, that moment you, you thought you thought you were kind of like everyone was against you, but at the same time, you weren't looking at it from their perspective. And I think it's the same way right now. I think right. we really, uh, as a human society, you got to remember, when, as you said, when you're in person, all of a sudden, a human being is a human being with a birthday, with parents, with all this stuff that enjoys, yeah. uh, you know, holidays and smiles. And like you're, you're not connecting the dots that you might be making a human being cry that day with mm -hmm. your bad day. And, right. uh, you know, I think I think we all got to remember, you know, just because uh, you're looking at writing, there's a person beyond that writing. Yeah, True. but it, it was a brand new way of communicating. And, you, and you're not it's, you're not going to launch a new way to communicate and then, you know, have the decorum of how to act in that space. Be attached to it automatically. Yeah. It's kind of we have to learn how do we deal with the space, you know. Well, that, that that's what I've always said when people complain about you know how people act on social media. I'm like, well, we're teenagers, you know. Right now, yeah. social media are teenagers and into maybe young adulthood, so they're right. going to grow up. It's going to grow up. It's going to get a bit more. It's going to level out, and I think mm. uh, I think everything will kind of calm down eventually. But and maybe some people get more of a voice because sometimes you know, yeah, I realize that you know I'm a, I'm over six foot, and sometimes I may dominate a conversation and not realize I'm doing it. Or sometimes maybe just people don't want to express their opinion because a, maybe they think you're famous or that you're big or you, you, you look like you might punch them or you know what I mean? And then that's, yeah. and they're, they're seeing this as a, a safe space where they can say what they really think and not, yeah. you know, get punched in the face. Or, you know. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> they've had a different experience than you. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so what do you got coming up next? I know that you, um, you know, you, you always have stuff on the go. Um, well, but, but, but what, here's what my, uh, during the pandemic, uh, it was funny. I went from, uh, having every day booked for a year, every day yeah, to, to everything was done. So I'm sitting here in my basement right now. You can see behind me, I built weird sets. Um, <laughs> I took all the lyrics I did for all those records that we worked on. Yeah. And, um, I made this book. Oh, so wow. it's all the lyrics. And then, um, then I built a different set to illustrate every song. So it was very, it was a weird, it's a year I'll never be able to have again because I got to do really long-winded, obsessive things. Okay. And, uh, Oh, nice. I'm never going to be able to do anything like that again, but that was like my magical year of, of just being alone in my own head and not really interacting with anybody except arguing with a few people about Trump or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, I got to sit here and illustrate all these songs and I got to bring to life my world of delusion. Delusion. Yeah. To the point of, uh, you know, making every flower, um, every house, every car, like every weird little detail of, of the world, you know, Very I got cool. to see, see it through. So if I end up doing it, you know, with the production company or later and other people, you know, jump in, I feel like I've solidified, you know, 90% of the world and, you know, it's still open to other people coming in and doing stuff, but you know, I got my yayas out. I got, I got to say what I wanted to say and, and then lock it in and, now it is but so now, now so, so people can so that book that, that book's going to be coming out very very soon eh? yeah it's out now yeah it's okay called, uh, gr greetings from delusionville and it's on last gas press okay um we'll put it on our site we'll sell it we sell some from our site but we probably won't sell it for like a month and a half because usually we give a publisher like a couple months to to sell the stuff before we start competing with them sure sure sure, sure. 
because sure. I think if you buy from my site, I, I do uh, a little drawing in the front and stuff, so it's a little more special. But uh, but yeah, they you got to give them their their chance. So you got this that. I was kind of this. I, I did a thing. I, I wish I would have done with every book. I don't know why I didn't think of it, but uh, I, oh nice. I, I just I print a little frames because I always draw like in people's books, and sometimes I never really leave a good page to do a doodle on so so now i actually have a frame where i can do a piece right in the frame so oh that's very cool that's very cool so so hopefully when people start coming to see each other again in person you'll have they'll have a spot yeah. to get a to get a sketch and yeah. and you know and you mentioned also um you've got the a new toy coming with tower um but you're always in you're always in development with something right like you've got stuff yeah, yeah. you're always well, i have a whole bunch of nft stuff um the light called crypto club is the most active thing right now right and that uh, you know god bless my son had just graduated uh financial school and right during the pandemic and and um i said well did, did your uh did your financial professors um talk about nfts They're like no no they don't know what that is and i said well did they talk about crypto you know currency and stuff no so so basically your financial advisors or your teachers um didn't know anything about the biggest exchange of money in the history of the world <laughs> okay yeah. i said yeah. like this is big it's brand new. It's happening. We need to be a part of this. Um, would, would you like to help me for a year? And uh, so he's he put together the um, the light 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 club crypto cult project. Um, you know, I came up with different concepts. I showed him a bunch of concepts. He picked which one he thought would work. Yeah. And um, and then I drew oh, a thousand different images with the light bulb using the light bulb as the central thing. And then, yeah. uh, he found somebody to aggregate it, and he found partners to work on it with. And uh, and it's it's like an active club now. So he's every day he's up there right now, um, packaging up T-shirts and uh, and a lot anybody that bought over twenty now that nobody's told what's going to happen. But anybody right. that bought more twenty bulbs, they get to pick one of the bulbs and have a print made out of it. Oh, nice! And, or you you might get this or yeah. So he's he's he does stuff for them every day. So it's like he's they're in a club and they get goodies like all the time and they get access to our our weird secret shows and stuff and uh. So, so basically he's built it to be like a clubhouse and, uh, I just don't think I could have done what he's done. You know right. what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's, it's too new. There's too much happening. There's too many moving parts. I didn't quite understand it. And, uh, he's, he's got what I called the brand new brain and, right. uh, he, he can, he can assess a lot of information and, and come up with the right conclusion. And, and also I gave him agency over it so that it really is his project. Um, in a, in a way I kind of work for him. He's like, Oh, I have this famous football player that wants a hand drawn bulb. And I just, whatever he tells me to do, I do, you know, so the weird <laughs> way, no, because I, I had this guy here yesterday and real sweet, but his dad was super rich and, uh, you know, owned a bunch of yachts or whatever. And I think he's always been tortured by his dad because his dad thinks he's not up to, you know, he just, his dad yells at him all the time and wants him to run the business. And, you know, I think we'll give him some kind of agency inside the business so that, that he can do his own thing. And because you, know, sure. you want your legacy to go on and you want well, the thing you built up, not just to die. That That's you know? what I was going to say. Yeah. You're you, you, getting your kids involved. is like, it's got to be the, the, the nicest thing to see your kids involved yeah. in something and you guys can work together. It's got to be. Yes, really and also Zephyr, my daughter is, um, she did the, 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 I just told her like, we're, we, we're, the main thing we want to accomplish now is we have all these characters from Delusionville and people don't yeah. know who they are. Like, yeah. um, you know, behind me is, uh, where she at, <laughs> uh, Elefanka or, but people don't know who she is. So um, we want to make products so that we can, you know, you can earn your keep, but we want the products to help people understand who these characters are. So sure. the first thing she did was we'll make trading cards uh, and then on the back, it'll explain who they are. And that was very popular and sold out very quick. And then now she's working on um, a high school yearbook. So yeah. it's really fun. And she's laying the whole thing out as we speak. And um, 
and it it everybody's went to high school everybody's gonna get the high school yearbook so it's it's it, it's a it's a way to put everything together and make it a lot of fun yeah and uh yeah so but i mean again that they they think out their own projects inside this world I think it's I think it's great that you have all hands on deck and that it's a family affair because and now um, we're now we're trying to find a dog so uh, we're super jealous of your don't dog take my <laughs> dog, dog don't take my dog <laughs> we got to the border and they wouldn't let us cross the border so don't take uh, well actually like you know be gone. <laughs> hey listen uh, if you can send me an American depress uh I'll I'll send you the dog okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just kidding no no uh, but it's it's fun we've been without a dog our dog died a couple of years ago and we're yeah. like real dog people so uh yeah it's, it's you know uh, it's it's yeah it's it's I, I don't know I just like I like seeing the dog through the the world through the dog's eyes I like going on a walk with the dog and and realizing they're having a completely different experience than yeah. me they're they're smelling things that I can't smell and I don't know. I think it's very grounding to hang out with a dog. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, Ryan and I are both uh, are both dog people. We both and your dog, dog is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love my dog, and Ryan's got a great dog too. It's it's, oh, yeah. it's uh, animals are special, man. I really believe they're they're little angels on earth here for us. They're 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 pretty they're pretty great. Well, um, it's nice that we we made these great relationships with them, right? Yeah. What's, they don't. What, what's that? They don't. Oh, animals animals don't have Facebooks. So no, they don't. Right. <laughs> they, they don't care if much you get a, a bad review or somebody's mean to you on Facebook. It's like, no. let's, let's go for a walk. Yeah, exactly. They're like, like oh, wow, this is great. I, uh, and you kind of think, like, I have to remind myself, like, the best part of your life is really just having a walk with a friend or, you yeah. know, having a little barbecue with your friends. It's like, that's, and that's something that's kind of accessible to most people, you know? Yeah, no. And the other I, stuff, going to these fancy parties, it's like, I don't like him because, like, what if I get too drunk and say something stupid and get, like, I don't know, what do they do to people? They, not what it's not 86 or cancel me too or whatever oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 no, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah there's nothing you know the the simple things are the coolest things i think yeah. i i could not agree with you more um ron thanks so much for taking the time to chat today man it's always a pleasure to to catch up and uh this is a real yeah. treat to be able to to sit down and have a long form chat with you um you know yeah we, I, we uh, all really love your show here and uh and my my kids are huge fans of you guys and uh well, we, That's we appreciate cool. it, man. I mean, it's, that means a hell of a lot to us. Cause Ryan and I are, I think we're all, everybody on this screen right now are very similar that we're all huge fans and big kids of everything. <laughs> so it's nice to have, you know, like-minded people have a chat. Um, I can't wait to see you in person again. I can't wait yeah. to hopefully perform some of this music in person oh, sometime, yeah, me too. which would be a lot of fun. And, uh, and thanks again for taking the time, man. It means, and, it means and, a hell and we a have lot. a gallon of gas in the garage and a, and a empty room upstairs. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Yeah, they call it the Rockman solution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, man. Cool, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Man, you know, I learn every time I talk to Ron English or, uh, you know, get to hear him speak, I always learn something. Yeah. Like, I thought NFT was some obscure, like, eastern province of canada i have not yet heard of but uh you know it's uh no those are the northwest territories ryan yeah i know and i'm just kind of like thinking i'm like is my old man yelling at a cloud isms about nfts the equivalent of when you know cars came out and i was on my horse and buggy and i'm just like it's never gonna last i know well that's that's listen my my, i i don't you know um ron gave me a couple of nfts um Mm -hmm. And I have them and they're rad. They're really, really cool. And I, I just don't get it yet. Um, I, I'm someone who still likes, you know, I'm old school. Like, as you know, Ryan, I still buy movies. I still buy vinyl. I like having physical, physical stuff, but I get how someone could, 
could get into this. So um, NFTs are here to stay. You say what you want. You can, you know, you can take the acronym and make fun of it. And you could say, oh yeah, like, you know, if you've had a vasectomy, you've got non-functioning testicles. Like, you, you know, <laughs> if you, if you see someone that has, um, uh, you know, um, as well endowed, you can say they have nice, you know, it, 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 say whatever you want, but NFTs are here to stay. Uh, and Ron, as always is on, is on the forefront of the movement and it's nice to see. So, um, but that was a really rad chat. It that was, was really, really cool. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, to weave slash and Ron English in the same episode and have it make sense because it does make a lot of sense. You know, you're talking about two people that are passionate, have nothing to prove to anyone and just make art for the right reasons because they need to get it off their chest. I really, truly believe that both of those guys exist on this episode together for that reason. Yeah. Make sense? Uh, absolutely. And it's kind of like um, what I love about uh, Slash and Ron is that they're two people not content with just staying with what they've already accomplished. There's always something on the horizon with both of those people. hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent. As you saw with, you know, Slash talking about what's coming up. Um, and then Ron, you know, showing us new pieces that are coming through tower records or through his, you know, the light crypto club. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's cool. It's very, very cool. And I'm glad that you were able to, to be on this journey with me, man, because we nice, went man. from, you know, we went, went from doing that, that crazy trip, uh, and meeting Ron to, to having him on the podcast. So I, I think it's, um, I think it's cool. I'm glad I'm really, really happy. Absolutely. And a big shout, a big shout out to, uh, my tattoo artist, Alex from uh, saving grace tattoo. He always has slash playing and he loves guns and roses, but you know what, man, you know what he's always playing? What? He's playing, he's playing the miles Kennedy shit. Yeah. Like miles. that, like it's fucking great. When the second uh, slash album came out with just miles, it was yeah. absolutely awesome. And the really cool thing is that miles was just a singer on Slash's first solo album. Where yeah. he had a bunch of different singers and just him and Miles connected the most. Yeah. And also shout out to Miles Kennedy, who is, had a small role in the movie Rockstar. Yeah. Where he was the he was the guy out singing uh, Mark Wahlberg's character at the very end. Uh, I think his name was Thor. <laughs> and uh, and it's just it's absolutely amazing how like, you know, I like when I saw that guy, I'm just like, I'm going to remember this guy. And then yeah. years later, oh, it's the same dude. And yeah. uh, seeing seeing them crush at heavy MTL before all this nonsense started was, uh, you know, a highlight of my life. Pretty special stuff. I have to agree. So thank you again for being on this journey with us. My name is Jason Rockman. I'd like to thank our producer, Julia Kajerski, my co-host, Ryan Stick, uh, and our guest Slash and Ron English, and all of you for joining. Please like and subscribe if you um, are enjoying what you are hearing and watching and share with your friends. We really appreciate uh, all the time that you invest in us because we all know your eyeballs and earballs could be anywhere right now, but you've spent a bit of time with us and it's appreciated. So we will see you next week on the Rockman Power Hour.